So this whole month, last week was Father's Day, and this whole month I've dedicated to just preaching and teaching on fatherhood and understanding what true fatherhood is. And um, we've, I've shared a couple of messages, and I, I'm going to share today and then end it next week. Um, but I've, I've just been on, on this study and this journey in, in the Bible, how often throughout the Word of God that it talks about God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. How that everything flows from the Father through Jesus Christ and is administered to us by the Holy Spirit. Um, you have to understand that. It's got to be broken down in your life that God the Father, He's the visionary. He's the man with the plan, if you will. He's got the plan. And He loves us as a Father, but many people cannot receive the love of God because they've never really understood what love is about. His love is unconditional. There's no strings attached. There's, there, the, God is not looking at mankind through their mistakes. God looks at mankind through His love. And the more you understand the love of God and how God operates and, and, and how God... He doesn't just forgive you. Forgiveness is His nature. It's who He is. In other words, when somebody makes a mistake or somebody does something wrong, on this side of the cross, and actually the way God set it up in the beginning before Adam and Eve failed, God set it up that, that no matter what we do, He accepts us and He loves us, no matter what. doesn't mean that there's not consequences with mistakes. But in God's eyes, every time a mistake is made, you're already forgiven before you made it. And that's difficult for people to accept. Um, some people think that if you have that mentality, I, I've known Christian people that said, well, you know, you, you, you can't encourage people in that way because then they'll use that forgiveness as a license to just keep on making mistakes. I'll just tell you right now, you don't need a license. Amen? You're going to do what you want. And the key to being victorious over areas of your life. In other words, okay, if, if I've got an area of my life that is not pleasing to God, how am I going to know that? I'm going to know that because I know what pleases Him. Not just because someone else tells me. You can go around and follow somebody around and tell them that all the things that they're doing wrong. I promise you that will not change that. Being made aware of how bad you are is not what you need. People already know that. I don't care what people do, and, and they can act like they're not moved by their actions. You know, I just do whatever I want to do. No, on the, on the tablet of every person's heart are the laws of God. Born again or not born again. God's ways are in there. Why? Because God made us all, right? He created us all. So, the only way to know if something in your life needs to change is to know Him. And it's not just to know Him as Savior, but I've been talking about this month and what I want to look at again today, I want to review a few things and then talk about a couple other things uh, to add to it. But I've got to know Him as my Father, as my Daddy. I've got to know Him in that relationship. Um, I'm a father. I have four daughters. Uh, I've made many mistakes as a father. I know that there are things that maybe my girls don't um, think correctly on because of maybe things that I did that weren't totally right and, and that their minds have had to be renewed. The reason I'm saying that is not to focus on my mistakes or what I didn't do. No, thank God for the grace of God. I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't a father just looking to make a mistake. 
I was a, I became a father at a very young age, and I'm looking at these babies and thinking, my gosh, what do you do? You know, how, how, how do you do this? I don't even understand how to function and how to operate like this. I, I don't know how to do this. And along the way, as I got to know God better, as I got to know Him as Father, then I became a better father. Right? It, it, and, and it doesn't matter if your children are already grown or whatever, that none of those things matter to God. God takes us right where we're at, and He wants us to get really focused on today and the future. That's where He wants everything. And we're going to read a verse of Scripture in a minute. We read last week where Paul said, there's one thing that I do. Everybody lift up one hand, one finger, one finger. One thing that I do, forgetting what's behind, forgetting what's behind, one thing, forget what's behind, forget what's behind, what does that mean? you got to quit looking back, you got to quit talking back, you got to quit talking about the failures, all the mistakes, quit talking the stuff, quit looking back, forgetting what's behind. Focus on today and press toward the mark. And I shared with you last week, and you'll see it again in what I'm going to share in a moment, that that mark is a relationship with God the Father. And yet, you can't separate a relationship from God the Father with the Lord Jesus Christ because they're one. So, said all that to just read a few verses of Scripture right here. <clears throat> 2 Timothy 1.12 Paul said this, For this reason I also suffer these things, nevertheless I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. There's two key words in this verse of Scripture that I want, you to, I, want, I want you to be aware of today. And he said, I know whom. One translation says, I know in whom I believe in. I know in whom I believe in and am persuaded, convinced that he's able to keep me. What did Paul have? He had a relationship with God the Father. He knew the Father. I'm persuaded. The word persuaded means 100% convinced he's able to keep that that I've entrusted to him. In other words, if you're believing God and you're, uh, you're, you're taking God at his word and you're proving God with his word on a day-to-day -day basis, when things begin to manifest as they manifest in your life, God wants you to continually remember that what He did once, He'll do it again. What He's done in your life, where He's healed you in your body before, He'll do it again. That's where you and I have to become convinced, but you don't just force that, that attitude of being convinced. It comes out of the relationship. Follow me on that just for a minute. So, several definitions of the word father and different perspectives of father. If a man, th this statement, if you make a statement like this, uh, well, I, I fathered a child. What does that mean? That means that that, man, that man's seed impregnated a woman and produced a child. It doesn't mean that you were a father to that child. Okay, that, that's an expression. Someone says, well, I, you know, I, I fathered that child. It didn't mean you spent time with that child. It didn't mean that you took care of that child. It didn't mean that you were part of the family of that child or anything else. You just fathered that child. <clears throat> But a father, and I want you to think about these, these different, um, different synonyms of the word father in, in, in different kind of roles as a father, okay? But I want you to see it, 
And, and most people may not, or, or a lot of men may not see themselves, they, they can be fathers of children, but maybe, maybe they don't see themselves that way. It's because the only way that a father in the natural can produce the results that children need is if you know your heavenly father. In no other way, you, you, you can't learn that from anywhere else. You, you can learn it if, if your father is, knows God and has a relationship with God and he has, he has good examples and you can follow it. That, that's good, that helps, but that won't, that won't guarantee that you'll have that same kind of relationship or that you'll demonstrate those same things. I mean, it, there's a stronger possibility if you have a good example, but every single person has to have a relationship with the Father so that you can demonstrate Father actions. A father is an originator. A father of something is a founder of something, an author. As a pastor, I'm a spiritual father to many people. God set it up that way. Um, what a father does is, is a father gives. And a father gives supervision. A, a good father doesn't do everything. A good father gives supervision. A good father protects. He's a protector. A good father gives guidance in how to go. Takes responsibility. A good father is trusting. <clears throat> All of those things are given to us as fathers or as mothers or whoever. I'm talking to a whole congregation today. All of those attributes are given to us by the Holy Spirit. We've been given the person of the Holy Spirit when we got born again. And when we learn how to hear from the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Spirit, what we're getting is the will of the Father. So the relationship with the Father encompasses a relationship with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus Himself. But all of the things that I just mentioned are how God wants and expects us to be as fathers, as mothers, as just as children, as individuals, in all the different hats that we wear. God created us to be these types of people. And He's not expecting something out of us that we can't produce. But the only way to produce is to know Him. I mentioned this a little bit last week. And I want to remind you of these two verses of Scripture. Both of them found in... in uh, the book of John. John 17 and verse 3. And this is eternal life. This, this is Jesus saying this to His people. That they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is the prayer that Jesus was praying to the Father. This is eternal life. This is what life is that you and I may know Him and Jesus Christ. John 10 and verse 30 says, I and my Father are one. My Father and I are one. We're together. You can't separate us. Even though they have different roles, they're, they're separate roles, Jesus, the living Word, and God, the Father, yet they're one. And what is eternal life? That we know them. That we know the Father through Jesus Christ. The only way to a relationship with the Father is through Jesus Christ. And I'll just tell you this. In this day and hour, 
the day and hour that you live in, you have to see Jesus Christ. Once he becomes your Savior, you have to see him as the living word. The only way to a relationship with God the Father is through the word, the living word. This is what real life is all about that we know the Father through Jesus Christ, that we know them because they're one. You can't have a relationship apart from the living Word being a part of you. Just no way. We're not talking about religion. I was reading a passage um, of Scripture, I think it was in I think it was in John 7. I was reading it this week. And uh, in, in, you, you can go back and read that. I'm not going to look at it today. But, but, but in there, the, the, the religious people of the day, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were, they were really, they were really upset that Jesus' disciples didn't wash their hands before they ate. I mean, they were upset. Because they go into the marketplace, they come, and I mean, they, they not only wash their hands, I mean, they scrubbed them. I mean, steel wool, I don't know what all they had, but I mean, they got after it. They did the same thing to their pots, to their, their kettles, to their cups, to everything. I mean, they were the first church of the wash everything. I mean, that's who they were. I mean, they washed everything. And they came to him, and you know, Jesus didn't even answer him. You know what he said? Isaiah wrote about you, you bunch of hypocrites. You focus on things that don't matter and you give lift service to things but you don't have it in your heart. And you know what he said? He said, your ungodly traditions make the word of God of no effect. That's what you and I have to get delivered of. See, you, you could focus on that and talk about all the ungodly things that people do in the first church of this, that, and the other and all this kind of stuff, you know. No, 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 no. We're, we're, that's not where our focus is going to be. We're not going to get caught allowing traditions to shut the Word down because if the Word gets shut down, then my relationship with the Father gets shut down. And then what happens? Then there's no life going on. Now I'm a walking dead man. Because Jesus just said in that verse of Scripture in John 10, or in John 17, He said, this is eternal life. This is real life. That I know Him. And the only way to know Him is that I press into a relationship with Him through the living Word. It has to be that way. It won't work any other way. They're one, and it's a settled thing. Now look at this verse of Scripture. I'm adding this to what I've been talking about. You know, somebody asked me one time, Pastor, why do you do series and you repeat the same verses of Scripture like at the beginning? Because you don't get it. I, I mean, I, I mean I, I'm saying you don't, I don't, we, nobody gets it. You've got to hear it. Not, and, and actually, you need to go back and listen to it five and six or eight times. If, you, if you're hearing something that God is really ministering to you, if this message is really ministering to you, you won't just get it because I preached it. You'll get it because you go back and listen to it, and the Holy Spirit begins to reveal to you what He wants you and knows you need. Anyway, that's why. Hebrews 8 and verse 11. So, so if you back up, if you back up, I'm not, I'm not going to back up, but if you back up in this and you read it, it's talking about the new covenant that was ratified. All through Hebrews, um, the writer of Hebrews talks and uses in comparison between old covenant and new covenant. Things that have been done before, but now what, where we're at today. And in the light of the new covenant, just look at this verse 11. I, just, I could read all that, but, it, but I, I just want you to focus on this today. Verse 11 of Hebrews 8. Let's look at it together. <clears throat> None of them shall teach his neighbor. Actually, can, can you give me verse 10? Or I can read it here. 
For this is the covenant, the new covenant, that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Verse 11. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. In the new covenant, it's already predestined for you and I to know him. Man, that just gives me chills thinking about it. It's already predestined for me to know him as father. Go, go back to verse 10 for me. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. Lord who? God the Father. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God. I'll be their father, and they shall be my people. And, and no one... God set it up that we don't have to go and tell everybody else about it. We're just going to know him. Why? Because on the tablets of our heart are written his laws. And if we'll stay in his word, if we'll take his word more serious than we take anything else in life, then we can know the Father in ways we've never known. And it's already been predestined. So it's not like, well, I don't know, maybe I'm just one of those that wasn't supposed to know. No, no it's all of us. From the least to the greatest and you realize there's no least and greatest in God there's least and greatest in our minds so even when you don't think you're the greatest he predestined you to know him as father man I don't have to live on this earth like I don't have anybody like I don't come from anywhere I, I, I'm, I'm, I come from him originally originally I won't say that. Anyway, you and I come from him. You and I come from him. He is your lineage. He is your connection. Thank God for all the, the, what we have with family and those kind of things here, you know? But listen, you know, family can be this way one day and that way another day, right? People can be up and down. Sometimes people separate and they divorce and things go separate ways and, and families get divided and things happen with family and all that kind of stuff. But not with the family of God. Not with God the Father. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And one of the synonyms that I read earlier is as a father, a father can be trusted. The father can be trusted. If he said it in his word, you can trust it. You can take it to the bank. It's there. Amen? He's already established you to have a relationship with him. So just have it. Have at it. Amen? Have at it. Do not let another day go by where you're not developing relationship with God through Jesus Christ, the living word. It's ours for the taking. Can you say amen? Amen. This is just a great verse here in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 9. Great verse of Scripture. God is faithful. Mine and your Father is faithful. The Father is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. He called us into that fellowship because He called us to have a relationship with Him. God is faithful. God is faithful. My Father is faithful. Amen? God is faithful. The Father is faithful to you. He will never let you down. He will never let you down. Ever, 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 ever let you down. I don't care what it looks like. I will not base my future on things in my past that didn't work 
or other things in other people's lives that didn't appear to work. That's between them and God. I'm basing everything from today on on what the Word says. And if the Word says it, I can have it, and I was actually predestined to have it through my relationship with God the Father and my fellowship with the Son, Jesus Christ, who is one and the same. Man. Maybe you didn't need to hear all that, but I did. Woo! John 10. No, you did need to hear it. John 10. And verse 1. This is, I read a little bit concerning this last week, and this passage and another passage, and I'll tie it up right here. But the confidence, the confidence that we have, David Huffaker, in our prayer time before service that we have every Sunday morning, a couple of minutes before 10, somebody brings a word and then we all pray in a circle together for the service. And David had a word today about confidence. And the confidence that God wants us to have in Him isn't just going to like happen one day. Well, maybe God just hadn't seen fit to give me that confidence yet. No. The confidence has to be developed. Faith in God has to be developed. You can, you can go and buy you some exercise and weight machine and bring it to your house and set it in your house, and that weight machine will not develop you. Hmm? Your muscles uh, will not be developed just because the machine's in your house. You've got to work it. Can you say amen? amen? I said you have to work it. And if you don't develop it and you don't work it, it won't work. It's the same way with confidence and faith in God. And so what, 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 I'm, what I'm leaving you with today, and I'm going to leave this with you again next week because you, have to, you, you just have to hear this. And, and you, you can be, have been born again for years and years and years. You can have heard this a hundred times. But I'm telling you, you'll get something else from this if you receive what I'm telling you today. So, in this chapter um, 10 of John, I'm looking at three sections of Scripture. Verse 1 through 5. Most assuredly, I say to you, this is Jesus talking, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. In other words, they've not developed the voice of a stranger, but the voice of the Father. When you develop a relationship with God through His Word, when He speaks, that means He goes before you. Uh, Justin, come here. Come up here. So, so, I'm the father. And if Justin is busy looking, doing all other kinds of things, and I say something to him, now remember, the father doesn't talk like this. So just kind of act like you're distracted. <laughs> Did he get on his phone? There you go. Hey. Number one distractor. You know, unless you're in the Word. <laughs> 
Justin. Justin. Hey, Justin. Justin. He went, but he didn't follow. So as he starts spending time in the Word and he's focused, just stay right on me. A little closer. <laughs> just follow me. Justin, stop. Justin, go this way. Put one foot on the stair. I mean, he'll get real intricate with you. But when you're connected with him, he goes before you. And he leads the way. Thank you. I mean, I mean, I mean, how can you lose when you're following him? You can't. And then you don't follow all those other voices. I mean, let's just boil it down to real Simple Texas, Kerr County English. You're either following him or you're following somebody else. You're either following the voice of God or you're following other voices. And we've all followed other voices. So don't get all freaked out or whatever. But God doesn't just go from one day to the next speaking to you. God wants you hearing Him. Now, what are some of the ways that we hear Him? You're hearing Him today through me. And determining how much you value that and spend time doing that. We actually give you all the messages for free. All you got to do is go download them or listen to them online. You can listen to him as many times as you want. And, and the reason that I, that I take what I do so serious is because I need what I'm saying to you to be what he wanted me to say. That's one way. Another way is for you to read the word. Another way is for you to pray the word. Another way is for you to confess the word. But it's not something I just try, it's something I develop and I do on a day-to-day -day basis because my thinking needs to be renewed to, be, to think in line with the way he sees things and not how everybody else sees things because the voices you follow are the voices that you listen to. If you listen to CNN, all day long, it plays at your house all day, it plays in and out all day long, and that's all you're hearing, you're going to pay attention to those voices. You may not think you will, but I promise you, you will, because God created you to follow voices. And his voice is like this. He's not aggressive. He's not going to put anything on you. He's not going to make you follow him. He's not none of that. And if you want to stay distracted, All the time? Everybody say, thank God for our phones. I mean, uh, thank God for the technology and all the things that are out there. But you know what? When it's time to put it down and leave it there, leave it there. You don't need your phone going off every five minutes. You know, some notification, you know, some Facebook or Twitter notification, and you're praying and trying to connect with God. Oh, I better take that. You better shut it up. I'm talking about when you're spending some time with God. You're spending time praying in the Spirit and, and listening to the voice of God because all the word that I've deposited on the inside, then I've got to take that word and allow the word to speak to me. And that's why I have the Holy Spirit. He's here to convey to us what the heart of the Father is through the living word Jesus Christ. And no matter how we think we know that, you don't know that like you need to know that and you can get better at it every day. So no condemnation, huh? No condemnation, no blame, no this, no that, no, no feeling bad, no, 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 no. Forgetting, focusing, 
and pressing. Each and every day. Can you say amen? Verse 14 of the same chapter. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. He's already laid his life down. He's already done it for us. He's already set it up for us. He's already, he's, he, he, uh, Hebrews 8, 11, he's called us to know the Father, to have that relationship. It's already set up for us. But we've got to be able to hear his voice which is the Word of God. We've got to be able to hear it. So we have to do our part. Can you say amen? And then verse 25. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you, my sheep hear my voice. What did he say? What did he say? He said, if you don't learn and develop the ability to hear the voice of God, then you're not going to be connected to the sheepfold. You know why? Because your thinking is going to be off. The number one thing in my life for 42 years has been God and His Word. And how have I connected to God and His Word? Through the church. God is building His church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. How? Through relationship with the Father, through the Son, by the Holy Spirit. Simple. Yet, It's not something that is easy because it takes dedication day to day, even when you feel like like a Mack truck run over you. You wake up one morning, I don't want to confess the word. That's the best time to confess the word when you don't feel like it because you're telling your emotions, we're shutting this mess down. We're going to arise. And I, I, I can't tell you, I mean, I'd have to say that most mornings I may not feel like doing the word. But every time I do the word, I mean, it doesn't take... 10 seconds, man, and I mean, it's just, the thing's lifted. It's just lifted because I've, I'm accustomed to that. I know I may have had a, anybody ever had a bad dream? Yeah, four of us. Anyway, <clears throat> um, you, you may have had a bad dream and you woke up and I mean, you're just like, oh, oh my gosh, what's today? What am I doing? And, and you're, you're, you're not focused, you're, you're d- disturbed, you're not sure what to do and what the next step is. And it, This is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and I'll be glad in the day. And I mean, today is a great day and great things are happening today. I mean, all of a sudden, man, you don't just get out of bed, you just jump out of bed. It just matters what you say. It doesn't matter what you feel like. If you're basing how you feel on whether you're victorious or not, man, you're missing the mark. Because a lot of times you ain't going to feel that way. My sheep, verse 27, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. a busy, loud, boisterous, all kinds of whatever life out there. But when you're with him and he's talking to you, you know what? You have to, you have to pay attention to hear it because he's really quiet. Still small voice. I mean, he may come and manifest himself in the clouds through the thunder. That's his deal. But he told us in the word, he comes in a still small voice. No drama. Drama Drama-free life. Everybody say, I live a drama-free life. When you're connected to the Father, there's no drama. 
No drama when you're with the Father. Thank God. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Verse 28. And I will give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and my Father are one. No one is able to take you out of that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that pathetic devil, he works overtime to try to convince you that he can do it. He has no power, no ability. He's totally defeated. All he can do is talk, 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 talk. And he'll use all kinds of people to try to convince you. News media, this, this group, newspaper, that, that. You open a magazine, all of a sudden, I mean, you turn right to it and it tells you you'll never be able to do this. But the still, small voice, nobody can take you away from that if you stay in the Word. Can you say amen? And how do you stay in the Word? How do you hear the voice of God? How do you develop hearing the voice of God? You put value in the Word that you hear preached. You put value in the confessions that you make of the Word of God. You put value in the things that you pray. You put value. You, put, you value those things. And it, and it develops a desire to want to do it and a desire to let other things just kind of fall to the wayside. Don't make a list of all the things you need to quit. You ain't going to quit them. I mean, you may do it for two weeks, but you'll be, all of a sudden you'll find yourself back there doing it again. I mean, you know, if you eat Twinkies... And you're deciding you don't need to eat Twinkies anymore and you're not going to eat them and you don't eat them for two weeks. I mean, about three weeks later, you find yourself with a Twinkie in your mouth and you don't even know how it got there. It's not about don't do, don't do, don't do. It's about having a relationship with God through His Word. And when you focus on the Word and it develops, all of a sudden, if you're supposed to get rid of that thing or that thing or whatever it is, you just lay it aside. One day you realize, you know what? I haven't done that in years. Maybe I'll go try it. No, no. Right? I mean, you just, you, you put it aside. I'm putting it aside. Giving no place to it in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen to that? Glory to God. Nobody, nothing's going to snatch me out of his hand. Man, I'm with him. Don't forget that picture when Justin was standing right there by me. That's you and the Father. Everybody tells you to go. I lead him out. They follow, and it works. I lead them out, and they follow. They hear my voice, and it works. I lead them out, and they follow, and it works. You know what? You know why that's so hard? Because there's so many things we've done that didn't work. When I say we, we. There's so many things that we've done at times that we thought were God, and they didn't work. That's why that's so hard. No day like the present. To develop that. See, so you're not trying to hear his word today, right now. You're sitting here right now. You're hearing God the Father's word if you believe what I'm saying is from him. And how can you say, well, you know, maybe you're teaching us lies. Well, just follow the verse. So you take what I'm saying, but then you need to go look at it in the word and make sure that what I said is exactly right. Don't, you, don't, don't, don't just take it because I'm saying it. I'm not trying to lead you anywhere. And if you think I am, you don't need to be here. But, you, but your deal is just stay in the Word. Let the different forms of His Word and His voice begin to change you and mold you to where you can hear that voice. Amen? Last passage and I'm done. Philippians 3. We read this last week but I want to make another point about it. <clears throat> Man, <laughs> you know, that, that's why uh, the Word is just absolutely phenomenal, the Word is. It's absolutely phenomenal, the power that's in the Word, what it can show you. I saw something in these two verses of Scripture, verse 13 and 14 of Philippians 3. I saw something as I read it this week that I've never seen before. And I've read this passage of Scripture 
I mean, if I've read it once, I've read it, I don't know, I don't want to exaggerate, but five to 10 to 20,000, I don't know. I mean, in 42 years, how many times can you read a certain passage? I read this chapter, I read this book every day for I don't know how many months. And I just saw something this week I've never seen before, and I'm going to share it with you. Paul says this. Paul is an educated man. People tried to say that he was this and that and all these kind of things. He made a lot of mistakes. He killed Christians, all of this. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. What he was talking about is his relationship with God. You go back and look at it. That's really what he's talking about is his relationship with God. I do not count myself to have apprehended. So the Apostle Paul at this point, after all the years of ministry, he wasn't saying that he had this complete relationship with God. So you're in good company. So we're not saying that we've apprehended this. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching toward those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Um, look at that with me in the NIV. Verse 14. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. To develop a relationship with the Father, to develop the ability to hear His voice, you position yourself to all the inlets from all the different ways that you can have the Word coming in your ears, in your eyes, getting down in your heart, developing that connection with God the Father through Jesus Christ by the person of the Holy Spirit revealing it to you. You look at all the things that try to talk you out of that day to day and you declare every day out of your mouth. This wouldn't hurt you to say this every day. Today, I forget what's behind me. Today, I'm focusing on where I'm at right now. Today, I'm where I'm at right now and I'm moving forward and I'm pressing toward the mark of that relationship with God the Father through the living word that the Holy Spirit is revealing to me. Things like that I say over myself all the time because it's good for me to hear it to remind myself, okay, that's what I'm doing. But what it's doing, and this is what I saw this week in verse 14, is that the prize of that relationship with God is taking me heavenward. My connection with God the Father, my relationship with God the Father through the Word of God is taking me from down here in this direction. It's taking me from being focused on everything here to where I become more heavenly minded, more spiritually minded, more connected with Him. I don't need to be so heavenly minded that I'm no good down here. But you'll never be any good down here if you're not connected and moving upward. That You're just staying the same all the time. This pressing toward the mark is taking me to a higher level spiritually so that I can really be effective at what I do down here. Because what we want, everybody sitting in here today, you'd be stupid not to admit that you want to see fruit being born in your life. You want to see fruit in your life. The key to it, the developing of the Word of God so that your relationship with God the Father is so secure and you're so confident that He'll keep you until that day. He'll, everything that He said He would do, He would do it because the devil works overtime to convince you that He won't do it and that what you see is more real than what God's promised. That's what we're shutting down. 
And when my life shuts that down, then there's other people that can gain and benefit from that. If I stay down here, and I don't stay in that elevated state moving upwards, then I won't be effective down here. I'm not going to see the things manifest that I want to see manifested in God. And you know, actually, actually the truth of the matter is that we should probably, if we're not going to do it God's way, would probably be a lot easier on us just to go do it our own way. Forget God's way. God's way takes faith and patience. And the development of that in the Word of God creates a relationship where you're confident that God is faithful to His Word and He'll never let you down and nobody's going to snatch me away from Him. <laughs> you ain't going to find me somewhere doing something stupid because I'm in His hand. But I'm the one that keeps myself there. If I want to walk away from His hand, His hand opens and I can walk. You're not in prison to serve God. Actually, you can do anything you want to do. Sometimes people come to me and say, you know, this person's doing this, and you know, they, 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 they don't have a right to do that. I say, yeah, they do. You can do, you can do anything you want to do. You want to go rob a, a mini mart down the street right here? All you got to do is have the right gun and convince people that you're going to shoot them. You can do whatever you want to do. But when you're connected to God and He's speaking, He's not going to lead you down there to go rob the store. Well, I need money. <laughs> God's got God's got avenues to whatever you need in life. You just have to trust him and know him, and then you have to hear his voice. And when he tells you to do this, don't invest there. Oh, but it looks really good. Yeah, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause you to lose a bunch of money. Okay. Invest there. Oh, really? Here? Yeah. I'm telling you, do this. Would God say that? Would God show you how to invest, how to do things in, in the financial world? Absolutely, he would. We've got to know his voice. We've got to know that it's true. We've got to be confident in that. And when we are, we'll never lose. Never. Can you say amen to that?